From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Unconquered with Doc Staples. As always, this podcast brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of internet marketing and website development for an affordable price. Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina. And Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. And I'm going to get a chance to go down to see the LSU game with the owner of Garage Makeovers. Like I said, I guess a couple podcasts ago, trying to remember all this now. Uh, it's the first time I'll have been in the stands for a Florida State game in at least 15 years. So uh, it's going to be real interesting. Going to be going to be fun and uh, should be a great crowd. Should be an opportunity to uh, to have a great time. And uh, actually just uh, reached out. I'm going to head over to James Coleman's uh, tailgate, see some folks that I haven't seen in a while, including James and uh, encourage those of you out there uh, who are aware of this and are going to be at the game. Go ahead and go ahead and uh, sign up for that uh, and add a little bit of money in there for the, uh, the charity that, uh, that that's all supporting as well. So um, looking forward to seeing some of you there as well. All right. All that said, this is the final position preview that I'm doing for the, uh, the, the preseason stuff. The next thing I'm going to do is going to be the full preseason preview of the, you know, the full season preview that is, uh, and I'm going to look both at Florida state's projections. And then I'm going to do a little bit of a national segment as well in that, since I'm going to do, I think I'll probably do one show a week this, this year, just looking at the national, uh, the national situation. So yeah, this is the last one, the last individual position preview, looking at the defensive backs. And again, one of the things that we were starting with each on each of these is we are doing a comparison between where things were last year and what you can expect this year. So last year you had a pretty decent defensive backfield, not, not elite, but a quality defensive backfield. And if you look at Florida state's metrics against the pass last year, they're pretty good. One of the best teams in the country in terms of success rate against the pass. And certainly one of the best in the country at the very top in terms of big play avoidance in the secondary. They did not have a bunch of busts last year. They had a couple. You had one really noticeable one against Florida. I think they had one against uh, OU. But they didn't have a bunch of busts that went for huge plays. They had obviously a really big one against Clemson as well that uh, you know basically was the turning point in that game in a lot of ways. That toward the end of the, uh, of the of the first half, you had the fumble and then the the really big play there. Uh, I guess I can't remember if that was actually end of the first half or uh, beginning of the second. But that that huge play that bust was you know maybe the difference in the ball game there. So they had a couple really costly wins, but by and large, this was a very reliable secondary in terms of not giving up a bunch of stuff, not not giving up big chunks, and basically the core of that secondary is all back except for the guy who was really the the leader the bell cow of that secondary and that's really what makes this more of a question mark coming into the year than it would be otherwise so jamie robinson was the bell cow he was the guy that that you know that he was the straw that stirred the drink in the secondary last year and was the guy that that because of his set of skills they were able to move around 
and do a lot of things with. Now, against the pass, he was actually not the the best in the best in the uh, in the secondary, but because of his ability, as, especially as a tackler, pl- coming up and playing in the box and and basically a cleanup guy, they were able to to be just a better overall unit because of his presence. Now this year, that that replacement replacing him is the biggest question mark. Because last year at safety, you felt comfortable with Akeem Dent flanked by Jamie Robinson and then Shaheem Brown as your third guy. And they played a lot of three safety sets with Shaheem Brown coming on the field and then that allowing uh, Jamie Robinson to play closer to the line of scrimmage. And so that that three safety combo was was a really successful package for them last year, most of the year. And then along with that, Renardo Green returns at corner. And then your other starters last year at corner, you had Jerry and Jones who started some, you had Greedy Vance who played both nickel and on the outside. Kevin Knowles was the primary starting nickel last year. And then you had Duke Cooper who was in and out uh, of the starting rotation as he struggled with injury and, and also with some uh lack of success. I mean, he got beaten by a drum, beaten like a drum a good bit last year. His, his coverage metrics were, um, were not good. (laughs) Actually, let me go ahead and pull those up. And I know this is not uh, the best podcasting to, uh, to pull numbers up while you're doing it. But, um, but yeah, you look at Shaheem Brown last year, uh, 69.3 coverage grade. I'm I'm actually just going to pull up the, uh, the NFL passer rating when targeted last year. And Duke Cooper, right here, gave up 122 NFL passer rating when targeted last year. Teams throwing against Duke Cooper were 17 of 19 for 172 yards, 10.1 yards per reception. (laughs) Wow. And uh, yeah, he did have one interception in that. But dang, that's that's uh, he got picked on a lot last year. You can see why ultimately he decided to uh, to move on. And why they decided to move him to safety before that. Sam McCall also departed. His NFL passer rating given up was 120.8. So just just a little bit behind Duke Cooper on that. Now, in terms of the defensive backs, Renardo Green, 86.1 NFL passer rating when, when targeted. That was excellent. Jamie Robinson, 74.3 when targeted. Shaheem Brown, 56.3 when targeted. So that's, you know, that kind of gives you an indication of where you're at on that. The big issue that they had last year was at that second corner. And, you know, AZ Thomas came in and played a little bit of that, played in 11 games, was, you know, played like a true freshman at times. But other times you could see that the talent just scream at you off the off the screen. I mean, just a really talented player. But they knew coming into this year with Jerry and Jones as the as the other option here, and by the way, Jerry and Jones, uh, when targeted last year, gave up a 42.7 NFL passer rating, which was the best among the uh, the defensive backs that that played significant significant minutes. Uh, no, Greedy Vance actually 29. 28.9 NFL passer rating was was actually the best. Uh, didn't have quite as many targets against him, but uh, Jerry and Jones on the whole, 208 pass coverage snaps and. 42.7 given up. And that's actually pretty good. That's that's really good. Now, the the thing is, they knew coming into this year after doing a lot of 
of self-scouting and all of that and looking at what they had to do last year to produce those numbers in the secondary, because they played pretty conservatively in the secondary to make sure that they protected their corners. They knew coming into this year that they needed to be able to replace Robinson with something close to comparable and upgrade their situation at corner enough to where they, they felt like they didn't need to protect their corners as much as they did last year. So the first thing that they did to address that situation is they targeted a guy that I think was the, the second best corner prospect out of the transfer portal in the country. And he was ranked number two by 24 seven sports, just behind a guy that I don't think should have been number one. 24 seven had uh, Denver Harris, the transfer from Texas A&M to actually LSU ranked as their number one corner prospect and their number two overall transfer prospect. And I, I just disagreed with that a lot, especially given the uh, information about some character stuff and other things from the Texas A&M side. I'll just say this. If you, if your prior team is happy to see you go, then you are probably not the top defensive back prospect in the transfer portal. Generally speaking, if you are an elite player, your prior team is not happy to see you go. And Fentrell Cypress, when he left Virginia, they weren't thrilled to see that happen. They were not happy to see him go. He was their best defensive player. And that hurt. So Florida State, I think, got a, got, got a much better deal than LSU did there in the transfer portal. You might ask who I think the top corner prospect coming out of the transfer portal was, I actually think it was an FCS guy uh, who transferred to North Carolina. I think Elijah Huzzy might what might well wind up being uh, first team all ACC this year. I think he's an NFL, an early, early round NFL draft pick. And, you know, he, he was sort of underneath the radar, but I watched his FCS film and I think he's, I think he's the best corner guy, the best corner out of the transfer portal that I saw last year. But Cyprus would be the second best, would be the number two guy on my list. And so they went out and they got a guy that was first team all ACC that's shown the ability to be really consistent in coverage and has significant long speed, really good catch up speed so that you feel you feel like you can put him out there and sometimes do some stuff where he's going to be on an island, play true cover seven stuff, some man match type stuff and not be terrified that he's just going to get the guys are just going to run away from him all the time. And you, and you feel like you're going to get good, consistent play from him. Now, they didn't play a bunch of bump and run at Virginia. So, there, you know, there's a, a little bit of a, a learning curve there in terms of what they're going to ask him to do at Florida State. But I think what they did there in recognizing what they needed to do in terms of improving their corner position and improving the overall depth at corner and making sure that they have at least two guys on the field at outside corner that they feel can can win some one-on-one matchups against good receivers, that that was a huge pickup. And I think that's an instant upgrade over everything you had on the field last year. An instant upgrade over Jerry and Jones, as he was last year. He was never healthy last year. And Jones is a guy, by the way, who, based on how he what he looked like in the in the in the spring and basically what's happened since since the uh since fall camp started, that's a guy who you know, honestly, I thought he was going to be a guy that might wind up having to transfer a second time, but that guy has fought and clawed. He's gotten himself healthy again, and, and he's a good player. He's become a good player. And now he's in a situation where he's a he's either the starter or in an or situation with Greedy Vance at nickel. 
it's nice actually to be recording one of these after getting the, uh, the depth chart that has been now been released. Um, you look at this and they've got Jerry and Jones or greedy Vance at that nickel spot Jones being a little bit bigger. So you, you use him in certain cases and then, uh, and then Vance being the twitchier, smaller guy, being able to put those guys in, in certain situations is, is really helpful. But in terms of outside corner, you feel much more comfortable with Cypress coming into this year than you did with the combination of Jones, uh, Duke Cooper, AZ Thomas as a true freshman last year. You, you feel really good about having Cypress as, as a building block there and a guy that you can trust at corner. And the thing is, Cypress was not far and away the best corner in camp. AZ Thomas pushed for that starting role. And he's going to play a lot. He's a guy now that as a sophomore and now now being healthy after getting banged up in spring and, and well, end of last year that carried through spring, he's now healthy and now is flashing, you know, early round type potential. And then I think Renardo Green is still the best corner on this team. So he's your one. Cypress is your two. AZ Thomas is 2A. And then if you need to, Jerry and Jones can move outside. You now feel like you've got four solid experienced corners. That's a big step up over what you had last year coming out of camp. And then you add to that, Quindarius Jones, early enrollee, has really looked good as a true freshman. And then I think the most talented, the guy that I talked about coming into or in my in my uh, recruiting class evaluations, I thought the top defensive back that they signed was Edwin Joseph who was a three-star. And I, I I said, in my evaluation, you can go back and listen to this. I was saying, look, this is a high four-star, close to a five-star level player at corner. I think he's that good. And he sure has looked that good in practice. That's a guy that's going to play this year. And the more you can get him on the field this year to get ready for a probable starting role next year, Next year, you're starting corners. If everything goes right this year, you know, you can have Green and Cypress both go pro. Next year, your your starting corners may be AZ Thomas and Edwin Joseph being pushed by Jones and then the the uh, the new freshman and the freshman next year's class are gonna be really good. So you're in you're you're in a good you're in good shape moving forward at that corner position. And I think a good bit better than you were last year, where you had to always be protecting one side. And Green as a good number one, but not an elite number one, was a guy that you still had to protect against certain guys and in certain situations. But I think Green this year is going to is going to put up good enough tape that I think he gets drafted. I don't think he's a, a first, second round, maybe probably not a third rounder, but I think he's a guy that goes off the board and and doesn't go to doesn't make it to free agency. So I think you're you, I think you really like your situation at corner overall. This is not, you know, the situation that LSU or Alabama have been in in recent years where you got two first rounders at corner. Not quite there. But I think you've got sufficient talent where you've got at least four, maybe five NFL corners, NFL outside corners on this roster right now. And then at nickel, like I said, you take Kevin Knowles, who ultimately last year started to get beat out by Greedy Vance. And he was not fully healthy last year at different points either, Knowles. 
they decided, and what I was pushing for in the offseason, you'll remember, was to move AZ Thomas to safety so that you can get your best five on the field. What they did instead is they left Thomas at corner and they moved Knowles to field safety to compete with Akeem Dent and be the third safety when they put put an, a third safety on the field. So I think what's going to end up happening is when they go three safeties like they did last year at times with uh, Jamie Robinson and then Shaheem Brown coming coming on the field, I think Shaheem Brown is going to be probably the guy that, that steps down to where Jamie Robinson did last year, and Knowles is going to step back and become more of that coverage safety in those looks. So those are your three. And he's listed, the fact that, that Knowles is listed as an or with Akeem Dent, who is a, you know, he's been a solid safety for Florida State now for a couple of years. I think that says a lot about how well he's handled the move to safety. So that that's a plus. Now, you do hope that Dent takes the step forward this year to finally hit the closer to his potential as a former five-star recruit, you hope he actually puts it all together and, and has zero busts and, and is able to make some plays. And he's been in position to make a lot of plays in his career. He's just done a very poor job of coming down with the football. Comes down with the ball on some of those this year, and all of a sudden, the, the, whole, the whole narrative about him changes. So, you know, I, I hope for his sake and for Florida State's sake, I mean, I hope that he's able to to put that kind of uh, that kind of season together and come down with some of those. But he's still got excellent range, good physical prospect, and a guy that can that can cover from the field position, as is Knowles. So those guys become, you know, your your three main safeties: Shaheem Brown, Dent, and Knowles. I don't think you're going to get this quite the same level of play at safety that you did with Jamie Robinson in there. If you do, that'll be a wonderful surprise for Florida State and 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 will bode very well for their defense. I think the question mark you have for the defense here, I think you feel really good about your corners in terms of Cypress, Green, and then your starters at nickel, you know, Vance slash Jones, or Jones slash Vance, whichever way you want to put it, and then AZ Thomas as your as your top backup at, at outside corner. You feel really good about those guys. I, I think you still are hoping that Shaheem Brown takes that step forward and gets close to the level of play that you got from from Jamie Robinson last year, and then Knowles is able to to be a a, a rangy playmaker back there in in that in that third safety role. I think that's what you hope, and that Dent makes that leap. But it's not clear. I think this is it, this might be the biggest question mark on the on the defense, or at least I thought it was coming into camp. I think the reports out of camp have been positive enough that maybe the maybe the biggest question mark is really the depth at, at edge and 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 linebacker like we talked about on the last uh on the last podcast. You know, maybe that's that's the case. Maybe the maybe the the safety position is in good enough hands now with Knowles back there and and sufficient improvement from Brown that that it turns out not to be a a weakness, that it turns out to be if nothing else a solid position. And of course, I haven't mentioned the the freshman, Ashlyn Barker, the uh, the JUCO transfer who's a redshirt freshman now, hasn't actually played in college because he, he redshirted that first year in JUCO. He's looked excellent in camp, more of a tackler type. I mean, question is whether or not he actually ends up outgrowing that position. And then Conrad Hussey, who has, you know, he if he'd early enrolled, Hussey might well have com- contended to, to be the starter at that buck spot. He, he'd be probably in the in the mix to, to actually start. I don't think you're quite confident enough in the first month of action to have him out there as a true freshman. 
But his range, his speed, and how smart he is, you're looking at a guy that, that again, is going to be a contributor earlier than late. So, you know, there are some, there's, there's more upside, I think, at the safety position than the more uh, realistic hopes would have put, would have pegged things at the beginning of camp. I think there's more upside there. Now, that upside question is how close to it do you hit? The floor, I think, with this group is still a little bit scary. What happens if you lose a guy who gets banged up and now you've got to, now you've got to start, let's say, both Dent and Knowles and you don't have a big, bigger body type, you know, with, with Brown out there? Let's say Brown has to miss a little time or let's say Dent has to miss a little time and now you've got Brown and Knowles out there and then your next guy is, is probably Barker. And then after that, I mean, you're, you're dipping into the freshman real quick here. So this is the one spot on the defense where you are dipping into the freshman ranks as soon as you, you go past the sort of third starter. That that's one of the question marks for this team. And again, I will, I'm going to reiterate. I think this offense, I think Florida state's offense is going to be elite. I'm talking about top five in the country. Elite championship level elite can beat, you know, can score enough points for a team with a reasonable defense, with a good defense, to beat elite other elite teams, an elite offense, they're going to go as far as their defense takes them. And basically, the almost all the question marks remain on defense: depth at edge, depth at linebacker, depth at safety, and exactly how high is the ceiling at corner? That's the question, or those are the questions. Thing is, every one of those an- every one of those questions might they might have the answers on the ro- on the roster. It's possible. It's possible that every one of those questions could be answered with a good answer, and then you have a team that is contending for a title, legitimately contending for a title. But that's the unknown. I'm I'm not I'm not sure. The LSU game is going to show a lot there, and the other big concern at this stage. The other thing that you got to worry about at this stage of the game, coming in against a an LSU team that is loaded with good wide receivers, that has a a top level quarterback who can make all the throws. The, the thing with Jaden Daniels is that he just struggled to pull the trigger last last year, and he's always been a little slower to pull the trigger. I mean, this is one of the things when you've got a, a quarterback who's an elite scrambler, and he is a lot of times he's going to trust his legs more than his arm when it comes down to it. And there were times where he had open guys downfield against Florida state. There were times he had open guys downfield and he just didn't pull the trigger. But when he does pull the trigger, he's accurate and he can, he can throw the heck out of the ball and he can make throws to every, every level of the field. Now he's not quite as good throwing when he's got a little muddy and when it's a little muddy around him, you, you, you get pressure on him and you feel good about the chance of getting him on the ground as long as he doesn't slip it. But you're talking about elite or close to elite wide receiver tight end group from, from LSU and a quarterback who can make all those throws. The concern coming in there, and we'll talk about this in the preview, the concern coming in there is is busts. And this is the concern in the early season against both LSU and and uh, and Clemson is when you have enough players who've changed position, some younger players stepping into roles, a transfer who's starting – those sorts of things. The thing you worry about on the back end is 
one alignment mistake, one miscommunication, one, you know, error in technique is six. That's, that's touchdown. That's the concern. I think you've got with this group in the first month. I think this group has a chance to gel and be a, you know, top 15 or 20, maybe, maybe higher. I mean, the ceiling on this group is pretty high. I think could be, this could be a, a, a top end, not elite, but very good to excellent secondary by the end of the year. Once they've gelled, once they've figured out what all their roles are and, and everything else, there's enough enough bodies, enough really good players here to be an excellent secondary. If they stay healthy, if things break right, if they all take to their spots and everything else, they could be that. So the ceiling's really high. The floor at the safety position is a concern. That's That's where things stand. So that wraps up my back-end preview. And we're about to roll into the overall season preview, including my record expectations and all of that. Record that soon. That'll get posted about a day after this one. So uh, looking forward to that. This will all have been very rapid fire for folks uh, in this final week before the season starts. But looking forward to actually being into the rhythm of uh, recording these during the season and, and getting into the usual stuff. Thanks to all you listeners. Thanks to my sponsors and everybody else and Patreon supporters and everything. Uh, it's always always fun to do this stuff. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank my advertising partners, EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate at shenrealestate.com and the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers in South Florida. And then, of course, if you have not stopped by the Unconquered Podcast shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, you can buy stickers and all sorts of other gear. Go ahead and do that. Always helps support the podcast. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Dave Blair, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.